following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church in Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. So they're, they're kind of away because Jesus knows it's not his time yet. And so they're, all, they're away trying to be safe, and they're doing ministry where they are. But then um, Mary and Martha send word to Jesus, and they don't even have to tell Jesus who, his name. They just say, Jesus, the Lord, the Lord, the one you love, is sick. And Jesus will know, and they know that Jesus will know, if, he, if they send to Jesus, Lord, the one you love, is sick, Jesus will automatically know it's Lazarus. That's how much he loved Lazarus. That's how much he had a good relationship with Lazarus. All they had to do is say that. And, and then Jesus goes and says, it will not, the, he will not die. It will end in God's glory. And so here's this great hope, this great expectation that everybody has that Jesus is going to show up. And Jesus used to go to Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house. They were all uh, two, two sisters and a brother. For, for meals. I mean, when he was on his kind of itinerant traveling around, preaching, itinerant preaching, he'd, he'd stop at, that, at the Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house, and Martha is a great cook and would cook Jesus' meals, and they, would, they were great friends. And in case we didn't miss it, then one more time it says, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So the, the story up to this point is giving us this hope, this expectation that Jesus is just going to show up, right? And he's going to heal everything. And so so listen to verse 6. Jesus at once goes to the town and lays his hands on Lazarus and heals him. Everyone rejoices and in amazement say, who is this man that can heal like this? Right? That's what we expect. That's a great verse. Sermon's done. Now you guys can go enjoy your Super Bowl. You're welcome. Except that's not verse 6. Right? Verse 6 is, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. What? That can't be right. That must be, that must be a misprint, right? Like that's not really what the Holy Spirit would inspire the writers of the New Testament to write. He stayed where he was two more days. Come on, Jesus. Like what are you doing? Like, the ones you love, like, he's sick. Well, maybe, maybe Jesus was busy, right? Because Jesus, he's a busy guy. He's got a world to save. So, you know, maybe he was just busy and couldn't, couldn't get there at time. But there was another story where a centurion, a guy who's over 100 soldiers, came to Jesus and told Jesus, hey, my, the, my, a servant in my house is sick. And Jesus said, okay, well, let's go. And he said, no, you don't need to go. Just send your word. I'm a, I'm a man, an authority over people, and I send my word, and it happens. You send your word, and I believe it'll happen. And Jesus was mar- like surprised. He's like, I've never seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. And this guy was a, was a, a non-Jewish guy. And, and so he sends his word, and boom, the guy's healed. So Jesus, he could have sent his word to heal. He just could have said, hey, Lazarus, you're healed. He's all the way across the world. Maybe he sends him a text message or something. Sends him a Facebook kind of social media notification. Boom, you pulled up, healed, and all of a sudden, boom, healed. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? You just get a text message or a social media, like a Facebook notification from God. Hey, it's everything's okay. 
and boom, everything's okay. Uh, Jesus could have done that, and yet he didn't. Why didn't he do that? You see, Jesus and God sometimes disappoints our hopes. Sometimes he disappoints our hopes, and, and, and there are times in our lives where we want Jesus to show up, but he doesn't show up, and, and we're, we're disappointed. Maybe you say, oh, Josh, Jesus disappoints your hopes, but, but really, no, Jesus disappoints your hopes, full stop, period, nothing more after that. Jesus will sometimes disappoint you. That's true. That's what, how life is. You'll be disappointed sometimes. Sometimes it'll even be something that's good, something that, that, was, that was health, something that seemed to make all the sense in the world to you that God should have showed up and healed you, but he didn't. And what do you do? What do you do when God doesn't show up? What do you do when, and I'm not just talking about the kind of, of disappointment where you watched Doolittle and found out that it was a, a, a total dud of a moody, movie and you were hoping that Iron, that Iron Man would have like this great movie after that, but he had this dud of a movie in Doolittle. I'm talking, not talking about that type of disappointment. I'm talking about real disappointments, real disappointments, like, like your marriage is not going well. And you're praying that God would show up. And, and, or your job, you've been praying for that promotion, but now your job is going away. And, and you're wondering, God, where are you? Why aren't you showing up? God, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to keep the house. You get a call from the principal, and it's not to tell you how awesome your child is doing in school. God, what do, what do I do? Where are you in the midst of my disappointment, Jesus, this is good things. You say you love me. Why aren't you here? And, and what do we do? And then the situation goes from bad to worse. And Jesus says to his disciples, he tells them plainly because they couldn't get it. He said he'd fallen asleep. And they're like, oh, let's just go wake him up. And he's like, no, idiots. No, he's dead. He died. Lazarus dies. And so we're sitting here wondering, God, what's going to happen? And when, when we, we face this kind of disappointment in our life and, and Jesus isn't showing up in our hurt, in our disappointment, there's, there's a couple different ways that we can respond. And ultimately, because we ultimately we can become dead in our disappointment. Become dead and there's some, our hope reaches a, a dead end and we thought it was going somewhere. We thought things would work out. We thought God would show up. But he didn't show up, and, and now things seem dead. And so we, we reach dead ends in our disappointment. In, in, a, in, in that way, we can become dead in the delay in our life. Listen to, the, to this verses. On his arrival, Jesus had found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb for four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. I bet she did. I bet she had her hands on her hips. I bet she had her finger shaken. I bet her face was red with anger. I bet you Martha came with a little bit of southern flair to just come to Jesus and say, Jesus, where were you? And that's what she says. She says, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. She's, she's beginning to chew out Jesus. Wouldn't that be nice 
for us to see Jesus in the flesh and say, Jesus, if you had been there, this wouldn't have happened in my life. Martha gets that chance to talk to Jesus. Martha is angry. She went out to meet him. But at least she's a woman of action. See, God is big enough to handle your anger. God is big enough to handle your demands. God is big enough to handle the, 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 the hurt that you have inside, but the, what he want, the way he wants to handle it is for you to bring it to him. And so even though Martha was bitter and Martha was angry, she brought it to Jesus. So she brought it to the right place. You see, I can relate to Martha because I don't like delays in my life either. I don't want, I want, I want things to happen now. I want to water, I want to water a plant, boom, fruit. You know, we've got microwaves now. We've got, we're the age of instant communication. We are the age of instant everything. You've got Amazon Fresh. You feel like something, you go on, on Amazon, you go on Uber Eats or some, or DoorDash, and you order it, and it comes to your house in less than an hour, and you've got what you want. They don't even have to go to the store anymore. So we're in an age of, of instant everything, instant communication, instant gratification, all sorts of, of instants in our life. And so we, when it comes to things that really matter in our life, don't like delays in our life. We don't like delays happening. And, and, and this is what's going on here because Martha is experiencing a delay. She sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. There's delay, delay, delay. And now, not only is her hope disappointed, but her hope has come to a dead end. Because her brother Lazarus is dead, and it looks like the situation's not going to change. It looks like nothing is going to get better. What do you do when that happens? See, oftentimes, we need to realize that God is still working even when we, while we're waiting. Let me say that again. God is still working even while you're waiting. And sometimes it's in the waiting seasons of your life that God will show up the greatest if you will stop looking for, for, for your demands and start looking for what he wants to do in your life. See, it's through the, the difficult situations of life that God uses that trial as a refining fire to produce a character of gold within you. God wants to be able to be there to, to take you through the waiting season. So, so maybe what God is doing in the delay, in the time that you're waiting for your hope to be realized, is that God is first, before he wants to work in your situation, watch this, he wants to work in your soul. Before he wants to work in your situation, God always first wants to work in your soul. <laughs> I just came up with that. That's good. I'm going to keep that. <laughs> I'm going to keep that. will preach, right? Um, <laughs> God wants to work in your soul. And, and, and I think sometimes when we face difficulties in our situation, we can have this naive optimism or this kind of negative pessimism. And, and there was a, a, a man called um, James Stockdale. And he was written about in the book, um, From Good to Great. And author Jim Collins talks about this paradoxical concept in James Stockdale. He was a former vice president 
candidate, but he was also a, a prisoner of war. He was the highest ranking officer um, during Vietnam, as, and it was a, was a prisoner of war. And during this period, he was repeatedly tortured, and he had no reason to believe that he would make it out alive. And so um, Jim Collins, in writing, interviewing Stockdale for his book, uh, From Good to Great, asked him about this, and how did he go through this ordeal? And, and Jim Collins, or sorry, James Stockdale, he said that he always had to have faith that it would work out. And so he asks him, well, but who didn't make it out? And then um, Stockdale says, oh, that's easy. He said, the optimist. The optimist, I don't understand, I said, now completely confused, what he'd said 100 meters earlier, that you need to have faith. The optimist, oh, they were the ones who said, we're going to be out by Christmas, and Christmas would come, and Christmas would go. Then they'd say, we're going to be out by Easter, and Easter would come, and Easter would go. And then Thanksgiving, and then it would be Christmas again, and they died of a broken heart. Stockdale explained the idea as, as the following. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they may be. See, we can't have this naive optimism, on the other hand, which breaks our heart because we think, oh, it's going to happen now. Oh, it's going to happen now. With this other side of this passive, passive, uh, negative pa- uh, pessimism, I can't say that word, uh, negative pessimism, that, oh, it's just never going to work out. Everything's always going to be bad. And you just give up hope because if you give up, then you never have to try. And that's the two extremes. And what he's saying is, We've got to have faith that we will prevail in the end, but yet we've got to confront the most brutal facts of a reality in the fact that we are facing difficult times. And sometimes you're going, going to go through difficult situations, and you're going to go through things that look hopeless from a human point of view. But Jesus said in Acts 1, it is not for you to know. You see, the disciples were asking when is, the, when is it going to? When is it going to be the, that the kingdom of God is going to come? When is the kingdom going to come? And Jesus said to them, "It is not for you to know the times or the seasons." So often we want to know so we can control in our situation, whereas God wants us to depend on Him. And so, what you need to know is, even when there's a delay and you feel like there's a dead end in the delay, watch this. God says there is development. In the delay, if you would only follow him and seek him, and he could restore your soul so that when he brings you out to a new level, that you have the capacity and the character to be able to stand up amidst the test. That's what the Bible says. When all else fails, stand. When you don't know what to do, there's got to be something that you can stand on. Why not be a faith in Jesus Christ that we serve a God that is greater than your situation and who can help you no matter what the disappointment seems to be. A disappointment never has to be a dead end. Because that's what it was for Martha. See, she needed to realize, I am loved and I am held. That's the I am we want to look at today. I am loved. See, as you walk through the delays, and the disappointments in your life. We need to repeat, I am held 
and I am loved. God has never left us. He's never forsaken us. He is still there with us, meeting us in the thick and the thin of the trials of life. And he is there to continue to be with us if we would just stand on the foundation of faith. And we wouldn't move. We wouldn't be shaken from what God has called us to do. See, that's so important because as we go through hard times, situations cannot even seem hard. Sometimes they can even see, seem impossible. And that's where Mary was. She was dead in her despair. See, in verse, verse 17, it says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb for four days. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. See, four days was a Jewish superstition. They thought the body kind of sticked around, stuck around in the soul for, for three days. But after three days, the body left. So if Jesus would have re- resurrected Lazarus before three days, then they would have said, well, it wasn't really a resurrection. It was just a healing. But Jesus wanted people to know, hey, Lazarus is really dead. And that's what Mary sees. From a human point of view, the situation is completely hopeless. There's no hope for Lazarus because it's been four days that he's been dead. His spirit is left. There's nothing left of Lazarus. There's just a dead, decaying body in a tomb. And Mary is in despair. Martha goes out to meet Jesus. She wants to to see what's, what can happen. But Mary just stays home. She's given up hope. She doesn't believe there can be anything that can happen. And, and sometimes that's where we find ourselves. Like we said earlier, not only are we not sure if our marriage is going to work out, but we're ready to sign the divorce papers. The, the, our spouse, spouse has served us the divorce papers. Or uh, we get a call from, from, we got a call from the principal that our kid is going astray but our kid is actually dropped out of school. Or we actually lose our house. Things actually happen, and it looks like, from a human point of view, it's hopeless. I wonder where you're at today. Is there a situation in your life that just seems hopeless? Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's the fact that all your friends are getting jiggy with it and they're going to the clubs and they're doing the worldly thing and they're all getting married now and you're trying to follow Jesus and keep it pure and, but God's still not showing up and you still don't have a spouse and you're still not there. What do you do? What do you do when the situation seems hopeless? Well, Jesus comes to, to Mary and he, and, and he says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? See, Mary and Martha were, were bitter because they thought they lost their brother Lazarus. And yet they, they were looking at the situation and seeing how the situation from a human point of view seemed hopeless. But Jesus came to tell them, your hope is not in your situation. See, you're hoping that I would come and just fix the situation. And then the hope, your hope in the resurrection would be in the situation. But Jesus didn't say, I have the power for resurrection and life. Yes, he does. He has the power for resurrection and life. 
But what Jesus said instead is, I am the resurrection and the life. In other words, your hope is not in your situation. Your hope is in your Savior. And the thing is, the Bible says where two or three are gathered, there I am. So Jesus is right here, right now. And when his presence shows up, when the I am shows up, dead things come to life. When the I am shows up, new things begin to sprout out. When the I am shows up, death can't have its way anymore because death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? Because Jesus has a greater power. He is the I am of the resurrection and the life. And wherever Jesus is, dead things come to life. Let's get happy, church. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to praise myself. Good job, Josh. Good job. I'm just going to be my own love up here. We need a resurrection and a life, amen? Amen. We need a chance to know that the presence of God is here. And so we can say to ourselves, I am held. I am loved. I'm walking through this situation. It seems hopeless. It's dark. There's nothing in front of me. I can't see any light to this situation, but I have the light of Jesus, who is the light of the world. And so I can keep walking, taking every step, knowing full well that God is still with me and that there is still resurrection and life available because Jesus is present. I'm not giving up hope. I won't have a dead end in a disappointment because I know what the Bible says. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will uphold you with my strong, righteous right hand. So do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you. He's with you. He's Emmanuel. God with us. He's with you right now. He's with you in the disappointment. He's with you in the darkness. He's with you in the depression. He's with you in the doubt. He's with you through every difficulty that you face. He is with you, and where the resurrection and the life shows up, dead things come to life. God is the resurrection and life. Jesus is here, and he's present, and they needed to know that hope wasn't in their situation. Hope was in their Savior. And, and that's so important to know because what Mary does is like, yeah, that sounds good. And what you're going to do today is, yeah, Josh, that sounds good. But I've still got to deal with this problem right now. And so, so Jesus comes to her and he, and he says, yeah, I'm the resurrection and the life. And, and Mary says, okay, I find hope in that. But, but then she says to him, she says to Jesus, um, Uh, he said, first of all, Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, answered, I know he will rise ag- again in the resurrection at the last day. And, and you see what, what she's saying here is that the Jews, they believed in, that the bodies were going to be physically resurrected. And so she knew, hey, when, when there's the end of history, when Jesus comes again, I'm going to see my brother again. And that for a lot of us is our hope. Hey, someday... This is really going to happen. Like, I believe Jesus. I believe that as I walk through this situation, someday things are going to be good. Like, I am the resurrection and life. Okay, Jesus, um, I'm going to see my brother again. I'm going to see him again uh, in the resurrection day. Like, like we're all, all excited that for our dead relatives, we're going to see them someday in heaven, right? So we defer our hopes to an abstract future. We defer our hopes to something that's going to happen sometime. And someday always becomes someday, and tomorrow always becomes 
tomorrow. And if we are caught in a dead end of, in a dead end of deferral, deferring our hopes, we live as people with an abstract hope. And, an, and let me tell you this, an abstract hope is no real hope at all. We don't serve a God that came down in the abstract. We serve a God, the incarnation, who came down in the flesh, moved into our neighborhood to dwell among us. We serve a God whose hope is tangible, whose hope is real. And where the pres- and like I said before, where the presence of Jesus shows up, dead things come to life today. Come to life today. God wants to work a hope in your situation today, now, in the present. And we have, but it starts with us believing that God can really meet us where we are and can really give us a true hope to be the people that he has called us to be and to do what he has called us to do. And it means stepping out a lot of times behind our facades, stepping out and, and beginning to take a step of faith in the right direction, in the direction God would call us to. So often we are trying to walk behind a facade of, of false hope, between a facade of, of looking right, because we think if we look right, then people will accept us. But what Jesus is saying, Martha, you're saying the right thing. You're saying, you know, I'll see my brother. It sounds religious. It sounds good. But Martha, stop lying to me and be real with me. And I think that's what Jesus wants to say to some, to some of you. You're deferring your hope. You're, you're kind of thinking seems seem right. Like, I'll come back next Sunday and I'll get some hope again. And I'll just kind of be on the hamster wheel of life. And I'll be on the tides of life taking me wherever I drift in them. But God says, stop. Start looking at me for who you really are. Start being real with me. Who have I created you to be? Who have I called you to be? Stop deferring your hope and start taking steps in reality. So maybe for some of you, you've been dealing with an addiction for a long time. And you, you, you do the addiction, you get over it, and then you start, you think, oh, like, well, I'll get counseling someday. Maybe it's time to stop and say, no, that someday is today. I'm going to start getting counseling today. I'm not going to defer my hope any further, but I'm go- I know that it's in taking small steps of faith. God will meet me where I am, and I will have hope today. Maybe for some of you, it's a relational issue that you've been working through as a marriage, and, you're not- and you keep putting it off. Someday, it'll be good. When the kids move out of the house, then we'll work on this issue. But maybe that someday is today for you. And you have to stop saying, hey, the best thing you can do for your kids is have a healthy marriage. So if, stop deferring that to someday. Maybe for some of you it's, I'll deal with my insecurity someday. And deep within you there's that insecurity saying, I'm not good enough. And you've got to deal with why you believe you're not good enough to do whatever God has called you to do. It's in taking small steps of faith that God wants to meet us where we are. I want to, to close my sermon with this. See, what, what Jesus said is he said, I am the resurrection and the, and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And I think he wants to put the question out to us. You see, the same voice that called Lazarus out of his grave 
is the same voice that is calling to you. Jesus said, when he, when he finished with Lazarus, um, he said he, the, to let him go, to take his grave clothes off and let him go. And I would say there's something that's on you that is dead. Whether it's a mindset, it's, it's a habit, it's, it's, a, it's a threats, things you believed in your life since you were a child. There's dead things that are on you, that are grave clothes. It's time to take them off and to be free. And to take some small step of faith toward the hope that is real in Jesus. Do you believe this? Do you believe that God has a real hope for you? The hope is not in the situation. The hope is in the Savior. And God wants to restore your soul. Will you let him do that today? Pray with me. God, thank you for this message. Thank you for... um, Thank you sometimes, even, Lord, for the disappointments in life because you want to teach us through the disappointments in life. So help us not to continue to have demands in the delays, but to to just have faith, to wait on you and know that while we're waiting, you're working, God. Help, Help us to continue to see your work. God, help us to know, too, God, when we're facing disappointment, that seems, that even puts us in despair to know that, The situation might seem hopeless, but we serve a God of hope who is never hopeless, who always brings dead things back to life. God, help us to know when our disappointments, because of our deferral, and we're living in an abstract hope, and we're putting things off for someday, and we're procrastinating about things to take a small step of faith right now. And maybe for some of us, that small step of faith is just recommitting our lives to Jesus this morning. And if that's you, all all, uh, heads bowed, eyes closed, I want you to just raise your head that you're wanting to recommit your life to Jesus. Anybody in here? Thank you. Thank you for that. Thanks. I also want to say maybe even there's somebody here who wants to, has really is dealing with something, uh, dealing with a big disappointment in their life. Heads still eyes, heads still bowed, eyes still closed. If anybody wants to raise their hand and just need prayer for that, they're dealing with a disappointment in their life. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Good hands down. God, I want to pray for the people who are recommitting their lives to you, Jesus, and the people who are are dealing with disappointments. God, we're going through difficult times, but Lord, you are an amazing God, and you can meet us right where we are. God, help us to know that we are loved and we are held by you, Jesus. That there is no time in our life where, you have ever, where we have ever left your hand. And help us to continue to repeat that, God. And I know the steps can get heavy. I know the road can seem hard. But God, you, with your strength behind us, God, pulling us, and with your spirit in front of us, pulling us forward, God, you can help us to be the people that you've called us to be. You can, in the midst of the difficulties, you can teach us to have a character of gold that people will see. How can that person have that kind of faith? And you can use even the worst of things, God. And if we would continue to walk in faith, bring miracles out of that. Help us to know, Lord, that that ultimately when the situation seems hopeless, you will be our hope, God. Lord, help us to know that when we're deferring an abstract hope, help us to, to incarnate to make our hope flesh and real right now by taking a small step of faith. 
Thank you, Jesus, and I pray all of this in your heavenly name. Amen. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for coming. And I pray, um, if you have any connection cards, you can drop those off on the bins by the doors, any giving envelopes. Um, if you want to help Nate, as some of you weren't in here, he's putting together a community garden as his Eagle Scout project. Nate is right there. And he's going to be building a community garden where we can use that as a mission to our community. He, need, he needs to raise $700 for that. He's already raised some of it, but anything you can help donate toward that would be much appreciative. If we go over that mark, all the money just comes straight back to the church. So it will always go to the church. Thank you so much. And I hope you guys have a great week. And if you see the Super Bowl, lame.